Welcome back to the Cardboard Crash Cast. My name is Ethan. I'm here with Christos and Adam. This is episode nine with Twilight Imperium First Impressions. I'm kind of getting back to my roots here, but it's going to be Christos's first time talking about Twilight on the channel. We had, how many days ago is it by the time this podcast uploads? Six days. Oh, oh. oh it's going to be, it's two gonna be weeks, two, weeks. two weeks. Okay, yeah. so it's been... Two weeks at the time of this upload since you played the Mahawk Gene Sorcerers yeah. in your first game of Twilight. Adam, yes. why don't you talk a little bit about your stance? I know that some of the viewers know your stance about Twilight Imperium, but can you give them sort of your history with it? Yeah, so I played it for the first time when Ethan played it for the first time, correct? That was your first time playing it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when, when, we you... pl- when we played it up at the cabin. Yeah, so I had played it for the first time. Played it completely wrong, uh, but really enjoyed it. And then we played a few more times before the expansion came out, Prophecy of Kings. And I've pretty much, I don't think I've ever missed a game that you've played. Like, I've always been in the games that you've played. And every game I feel like I've gotten better. And I think this one was, like, my, like, grand, op- grand opus? Or Magnum, Magnum opus. opus. Yeah, like, yeah. I-, I felt like I was doing, like, the best I possibly could have. I was not taking as long for my mm-hmm. turns. Um, I was playing the Nomad which I wasn't even originally deciding on playing. I was thinking either um, the uh, the Pirates mm-hmm. or um, the Nasroka Alliance, who I've played before and I really liked them, but I wanted to try something different. Yeah. And then you suggested, why not the Nomad? And yeah. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I tried them out. And I don't think you've seen the Nomad faction guide either on the channel. I, I had I did a quick brush up beforehand, make okay. sure I kind of knew like what I was doing, but I asked you a few questions. But overall, I had... A ton of fun, and I felt like it was probably one of my best games. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler, I did win, but it was very, very close. Yeah. Like, I think you were at 10 points. If it were to have been my turn, I could have got possibly gotten to 10, but I was definitely at 9. Um, we played an 8-player 10-point uh, game. We were going to play 14, but it took two and a half hours to set up this game. No thanks to people being late. <laughs> Listen, dude. I uh, unfortunately took a uh, little bit too long to sh- to arrive. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you guys had it ready for me to go, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, uh, you listened to a how to play the morning of. Do you think that it helped, or the night before? The but night, either way, the night before, yeah, I was like watching it like before I fell asleep, and yeah, no, I think it helped. I, I helped me the the basics at the very least, but the the I guess. Um, the thing I wasn't prepared for was like immediately being overwhelmed because pretty much everything I remember from that video was just like gone. Well, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do th- these things, but then like everyone starts talking to me and telling me like, oh, you you need to do this, this, this. And it's like, not only you, Ethan, talking to me, but also Adam, also Noah, also MJ, like telling me little things here and there. So I'm like, I, I'm like in five different directions. So it, I think that was probably like my biggest hurdle initially. But I think that if I if I was a, a viewer that had never, I'm oh, sorry, uh, a listener or whatever you want to say, that had never played the game before, I listened to your guide, I probably would have a better sense of how to play the game. I'm very thankful that I listened to at least, or retained at least most of it. Yeah. Because um, I wasn't like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, we do this here. Uh, but I think uh, for me, the, uh, the other hurdle that I encountered was kind of just like bottlenecking myself because I was playing very reactive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, instead of like, trying to play toward my class's strength and like going and grabbing it. Uh, what is that called? The, uh, one of their tokens. Cause like when I, when I win a fight against them, I take one other thing. Oh, the command counters. Yeah. The command counters. And instead of focusing on that, I was like, 
oh, I should just go explore. And I just like started like going all around. And I'm like, oh, I'm wasting so much time. And mm-hmm. like I realized it like a turn later. I'm like, I wasted a whole like round doing nothing. A whole round is like you spend one round doing something else and you don't get to the place you need to be. You feel so behind or maybe you didn't tech up one round. You're like, oh man, I'm like turns behind, even though it was like one turn. Because we, our game lasted 10 hours of actual game play. Uh, that doesn't include setup and all of that. The game lasted 10 hours. It was five rounds. So it was two hours a round. And if you're mm-hmm. a round behind, that's that's 20% of the game. Yeah, I... I um. I think I realized it once it wouldn't have been the first or the second round was over and I was like, Oh, I'm not getting anything this round. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I did nothing all round. Yeah. And that's when I was like, okay, well I, I have to like play my class's strength or something to like do something here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what I ended up doing. I ended up looking to my left, trying to fight him, looking to my right, trying to fight him. I think I even ended up fighting you, Adam, at one point. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just like, I need to, like, grab these things so I can stop worrying about, like, managing my fleet and just working on, win- like, the uh, victory points and trying to, like, obtain the, what is that called, the little lineup? The the public objectives? Yeah, the public objectives, mm-hmm. as well as my secret objectives. Yeah. But it took me a couple turns. I think it, it, it wasn't until the third round where I was like, comfortable yeah like i'm gonna because so for for context christos played the mahakt gene sorcerers which definitely are not the easiest to understand for a beginner um especially because of the whole purging the alliance card now we played with prophecy of kings um i don't teach without prophecy of kings anymore and for those of you who don't understand at all what i'm talking about twilight imperium wise I guess check out 90% of the channel's content, uh, but most of you will. Um, but yeah, I don't play without the expansion because I feel like it's a really full experience. Um, what would have been missing from the uh, without that expansion would have been a lot of those factions. All of the leaders are all new. Oh, really? That whole yeah. right side is completely part of the expansion. The commander, um, the agent, oh, really? etc. Yeah. Legendary planets were part of the expansion. A lot. Like it changed the entire public objective deck. Um, exploring planets it added like ha- it added twice as many action cards that's one thing i feel like i like we did not do at all i don't I, I, other than mj i think mj was the one that was exploring a bunch oh yeah exploring that's planets. literally all nazaroka does is they just they hunker down explore and he had like five six relics dude yeah i was like sad because i was like i want to do that mm-hmm. but i can't do that right because i don't know i, I felt like um don't a little bit of analysis paralysis when yeah. i was like I want to do like seven different things, but if I do like six of them, they don't service me in any way. Mm-hmm. So you have to just because, play to your faction strengths. Well, I guess I just to explain myself. I was like learning the game, and while I'm learning the game, I'm also like forgetting simultaneously that I have an objective and that I also have a class to play toward my strength. So I'm just like over here learning the game while the, the rest of this is being neglected. And while I'm neglecting this, all of this does not matter. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I, 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 that's why the first two rounds I was like doing nothing, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it felt that way. And uh, I, I looked over at Shaw when we were playing. And I was like, "You're doing nothing, but you're doing it correctly. What the hell is going on over there?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I because he's the he was playing as the ex Shaw, the big turtles, and he's like, "Oh no, I got a plan." Yeah, oh, he did. I just, he, he just keeps activating his own like systems. He's like, "No, I have a plan." I. I was like, man, uh, it's it definitely on my part, like probably a mistake to play uh, the faction I played. I think if I played maybe another faction, it might have been easier to like grasp immediately that I'm not playing to my strength. 
maybe it's my fault that I'm stupid or something, but uh, <laughs> I just like I, I completely ignored like the what's the thing right next to in the middle of the of the of the faction. There's like a little thing that explains like what your strength is. Oh, just the faction abilities. Yeah, the uh, yeah, but not the not the whole right side. The yeah, yeah the faction mm-hmm. abilities. Mm-hmm. I was focusing so heavily on the on the top right on the leader and uh, the the guy that like I can like the flip, agent. Flip him to yeah the agent yeah the one I was, where, yeah, I was yeah. focusing so heavily on him and neglecting the class ability entirely, mm-hmm. and so I ended up just like doing nothing every yeah. turn, and because of that. So oh, uh, long that, story short, that's a that's that's a through line because what did we just do? We just played Spirit Island, and the only thing that you forgot the entire game was your uh, spirit special role. You know, I I have the I have this knack with every game I play where like I always play classes like. I always get really good at the game. I don't get really good at the class or like the role or yeah. the, whatever. Even like shooters or like I used to play League of Legends. I would like play my class really well and not my role really well. Or like in in Destiny when I play Destiny, I'm really good at using any of the classes without the abilities. <laughs> I don't use any of it. It's it's definitely one of my uh, weaknesses as mm-hmm. a player. Now coming from Magic to Twilight Imperium, I don't know if there's a lot of parallels I can make. Not really, because there's no there's no instant speed stuff. There's no first in first well, out. System. There is there's some reactions and whatever. The Tiny. sabotage is like the only thing you have. Tiny amounts, yeah. Even like when Anthony Anthony was trying to like do stuff like middle of combat. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Like action cards that can be played during phases and stuff. But that's that's only if like you're actually involved in it. You can't just like be like a third party and just be. A lot of the instant speed stuff actually comes down to, like, the politicking and, like, talking with people. So that's what you do in your downtime and, like, on other people's turns. You're, like, on the spot making, like, agreements and trades with people and, like, hey, I'm not going to attack during this. Like, you're in- that's kind of the interaction. So it's not, like, the game that has it. It's more the social part of the game that has that sort of interaction. Right. I guess maybe I was just, uh, that was definitely lost on me because I was, like, just, I was so, like, heavily, like, what am I doing, you know? And, like, I would, like look over at Shav occasionally and be like, do you just want to not fight? Like, oh, that'd be cool. Or like, I look over at MJ and he, or, and uh, Noah. I'm like, I don't know what the hell's going on over there because there was like a whole war happening on like the other side of the board. I was like, I'm going nowhere near that because yeah. I don't want to get like cr- like uh, shot in the crossfire. So yeah, I don't know. What was the what was the point that I was trying to make? Talking about just it's similar to the magic or? Oh yeah, so the politicking part of it. Um, I definitely feel like there's a little bit of a the, the politics definitely I felt like translated like the commander politics where like I'll do this for this or this mm. but in I think the only difference is in commander you have to be like very present at all times about what every what what's happening in the current state of the game like if Ethan's doing something on the other side of the board ninety percent of the time in that game it didn't affect me in some way because you were literally on the other side of the board I was like I. So I could just go and like politic to my left and my right and not not be very interactive. I think that I don't know if that's a positive or a negative. So to those of you listening who do the drafts and all of that, we play very casually when we play with friends. I've played in a tabletop simulator and I understand your like the drafts are more balanced and everything, but we build our own board when in person. Unfortunately, he played the Mahakt in an eight player game, so that's already four rings of the galaxy. And on top of that, he also had like no uh, wormholes by him whatsoever. Yeah, they were so, all on the one side of the board. I was like, why? Anthony? Yeah, so the- your ability to grab other people's command counters was just, it was so much harder. 
because of how spread out everybody was during that game. I think another thing, too, is when you're a new player, it's very hard to be aggressive in any way. You're just trying to be, like, very passive. And I think that's a fault of a lot of people, at least first getting into the game, is like, oh, I just want to be nice. Because yeah. you, you want to play casually. Because if you eliminate someone or, like, screw them over for a few rounds, it feels really bad because it's a long game. But sometimes you kind of need to do that. And your faction in particular kind of needs to bully a little bit and be like, hey, I'm taking your counters. I'm going to get some advantages here. I'm going to get some resources here. It's happening. That's where you can start making some like agreements or um, threatening maybe and saying, well, if you don't do it, then I'm going to do this. And then maybe that might throw their whole plan off. And I mean, I know that happened to me. Like there's a few times where I didn't do anything because I was maybe going to get in Anthony's way and I needed to score a public objective. And I'm like, okay, I need to like turn around real quick and figure out where I need to go. And I already promised that I wouldn't do anything. And I feel promises in, in this game are way more impactful than, you know, just like a quick promise in magic. Cause there's been, cascade. there's been yeah. so many times in magic. Like uh, one example was I told Anthony, I was going to help him out cause he was going to get eliminated. And I was like, okay, I'll get rid of a, a creature for you. And I did. And then his turn, he won and ended up killing me. He wasn't going to not win. Right. But in TI, it's like, you can actually solidify that by giving a promissory note and being like, okay, if you come to attack me, you actually can't. Or I get your commodities next time we refill or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or I get a victory point and we can give each other victory points. Like there's, there's, I feel like there's so much more depth there and that's what I really like about the game. And the game itself doesn't require you to actually go into war and fight people. You can kind of slither your way around the board and get all your public and secret objectives. Yeah, I think that um, what you said, Ethan, earlier about me playing this faction kind of hindered me. Um, because we were on a, such a huge board, because I definitely was not um, shy about fighting people. Mm-hmm. I fought anybody I could. Uh, I just wanted which I, would, which ended up being two. Two. Oh, well, I, no! I I fought, I fought and failed with Noah because the dude. I just didn't understand how the fighters worked uh, and how he could. You can like make them take the damage instead of the sure. main ship. Again, it's just just me learning the game. But I was like, I was like ready to go. Like the moment I could fight Adam, I fought him. But like and Shaw, like I made an agreement with him. I was like, okay, listen, you don't need it anyways. Like you're not gonna do anything with it. I was like, I'll just take it. And he was okay with it. I was like, cool. Uh, and I wanted to get in on into the center of the board. What's the planet called? Megatol Rex. I was I was trying to get to the center of the board because everything was happening there, and I was just like I was like looking for an opportunity. I was like, okay, I had a um a card in my hand that will give would give me movement, so I can like slither my Flank way speed. in. speed. Yeah. And I was, like, trying to find a, a spot where y- either Noah or you, Ethan, had just, like, one or two ships just chilling. Yeah. Just to, like, quickly just slap them and then get out of there. Because that's all I wanted to do was get one little token. I yeah. just wanted to leave. Uh, and I was just, like, picking at scraps, most basically. Mm-hmm. And I just never found that opportunity. I think if I did, if I if I knew if I knew that from the, the, the get-go, I would have been moving straight to the middle immediately and just, like, dared anybody to like fight i would have moved everything i had yeah well noah was chilling because he was playing the yin brotherhood and he was oh, chilling with his flagship and that is the scariest thing dude i i went at one point i was like i could have i could have fought him and then ethan goes okay well when his flagship blows or dies everything dies i was like oh uh, i'm turning out i'm, I'm out <laughs> there's no exile here man yeah. the yin party bus I I, uh, <laughs> I I was but yeah having Noah next to me was really scary because I was like at any point if yeah. I if I fight him if I fight him and like he's not happy about it yeah I will say as a player too he sometimes has the tendency to maybe be like more reserved and then it comes later in the game he's like I want to see some action so he's just like I'm just gonna fight 
So yeah. he can be almost like random at times, especially yeah. with the yin where he gets advantages for almost being random and just throwing his stuff into the mix. Like that's they, they definitely for disaster. I, I you know out of all the the factions I saw, which I really only probably grasped maybe three of them, mm-hmm. Shaz being one of them because I was I was literally like looking at his board basically ninety percent of the game. Yeah. Um, I really like the Yin Brotherhood, the Turtle Boys, uh, mm-hmm. and as bad as they are, I really liked Anthony's faction. I would I wouldn't be against what are they called the Cabal, the Volwraith Cabal. The, and I, I was like, man, it it really turns the game into risk in terms of like the way you have to play it. Yeah, we're just constantly being in in fights. Them specifically, they are the only faction that feels that way. He also, I don't think, was willing to actually like roll like steamroll people. Oh, I I was I would have been, I literally if I if I was swapping places with him. I would have turned to my left or right and I, just rolled the dice. I would have been yeah. so I, I literally scared. would have been like, all right, uh, Adam is evens, Will is odds, whoever's getting it is getting it. Mm-hmm. That's well, it. <laughs> dude, Volrath scares me so much, and I have to like... Because if, if Anthony would have, have truly started the game off going to his left, which would have been Adam as the nomad, what the Volrath can do is they can just capture anything that their flagship is in, so including their own, and they just inherently get everything like captured during combat. So they just turn to their left, go, yeah, Nomad, your flagship is mine, and I'm never giving it back. And Nomad's Roll whole faction is about that their flagship. Their flagship is the most important that thing. Explains by the like, I think one one of the only times I fought Adam, it was with his flagship, and I couldn't kill it, even though I, I did end up killing it. But I had to kill everything. It, 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 your your mechs so were good. so annoying. <laughs> I and I because I didn't I didn't understand the way his faction worked when I was fighting him. I was like, oh, whatever, it's just another fight. Because at that point, I'd only fought like some garbage with Noah and some garbage with Shaw, and like I think I fought one of your carriers, uh, Adam. And then I was like, okay, well, I mean, what is this going to do? Realistically speaking, and then I get in there and I'm like, it, it does what? And so like, and, and I was like, I was like, there's up until this point, combat has been very easy to understand, but now you're telling me he's cheating. That's what you're telling me. And I, that's when I, uh, I... So the Nomad is the entire faction. So all of these factions, all 24 other factions, are like giant groups of aliens, either like one species or a bunch of different conglomerate together. The Nomad, the lore behind it is that the entire faction is one di- one guy. It's one guy and his little ship of five people. He's supposed to be like this like temporal like manipulator that's just really good at like commerce and stuff because he happens to know the future a little bit. All of the different ships on the board are not actually his fleet. Every single ship is him, but just seen in a different timeline being seen by different people. I didn't even know that. That's cool. That's interesting. Yeah. So the flagship, the fact that it can be like remade, not using resources is because it it never, yeah, it never died. It's just coming in. It's it's just reappearing somewhere else. I actually only use that ability once. No, that's not technically true. It, it does die, but just in that timeline, and it reappears in a different timeline. Yeah, it's 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 all left very vague. I, so I, I really liked when I got your token and I was able to get your ability to just make my flagship. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, when when you you had kept Ethan, you had kept hammering. Like, use this ability. You're able to, because you have this guy's command token, you can use their class ability. I was like, what does that even mean? I was like, I don't like, because I don't know the, all the abilities. The commanders. And then yeah. you you were like, you can make your flagship for free. And I was like, oh, I should just be flinging this thing at people. And I and then after you told me that, I, I did. I, mm-hmm. I, I started doing that. 
there, I, I guess what I, my point I'm trying to make there is like this game has a huge learning curve. Uh, even in my first game, yeah, right. Uh, I, I'm like, wow, 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 wow. I feel like I only learned like 20% of the game. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I, I need, I was a little disappointed that we're not going to be playing for such a long time, probably because you know it's hard to get pe- enough people to get to play um, locally. It, it, it's kind of a bummer to me because I feel like I'm just now grasping part of the game, like the basic part of the game. Yeah. And it, the next time we play, I feel like it's going to be all be like fade a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Considering it's only been a week, I, I I guess I have two questions for you. One is, what do you feel like you would have liked to know going into it that you didn't? And like, what what do you feel like is you're going to take into the next game with you? And know from like round one, and two is: Are you going to pick the same faction, or do you have another an idea for someone else? I I don't think I'm ever going to play the, fa- the same faction twice. Uh, I'm not those t- like that type of player in the first place. Okay. But what I what I do is like I kind of know like okay, this is what I did wrong. Maybe the next time I play it, which won't be maybe for a while, uh, the, I'll I'll t- just make a mental note of it. So like when I go uh, the Mahawked, right? Mm-hmm. When I go back to play the Mahawked, I'll think I'm going to be like playing very aggro at first, and then kind of turtling, finding out how to do the objectives after that. Because once you have those command tokens in your fleet, you don't have to worry about anything. Like, you could just... All, all your other tokens, you could just put to tactical into... Uh, what's the other one? Strategy? Mm-hmm. Like I said, when I first when I first started playing last week, I felt like I was so overwhelmed from every... Like, basically getting talked at by, like, four different people on, like, what to do here, there, whatever, that I forgot a lot of the stuff that you said in your video... Because I was like trying to like learn the bigger picture, you know, and I think the one thing that I unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, was like a little sour on was that the I feel like the combat is something that is like a, not a sure thing, and I felt like it was kind of a sure thing, but it's really not a sure thing. You have to be very much more strategic about the way that you go about combat, mm-hmm. um, and I was not, and I think right. that that's something that I'm going to change next time. You kind of have to have an overwhelming force. In, yeah. or, in order to guarantee it. Yeah. You can't just have even, the bigger shit. Even still, you you also need to understand that, like, your your units versus their units and, like, understanding that. And because I'm a new player, I don't know those things. And not just I'm, the combat value, but also anti-fighter barrage yeah. and bombardment and all these things. I mean, I can even say myself, there's just so many factions. And so I have to constantly be asking, what is your, what does your agent do again? Um, what does your hero do again? What's your commander? Have you unlocked your commander? What's your like passability? There's so many different things. What does your uh, flagship do? Do your destroyers a little bit different? Mm-hmm. No, okay, I like because it's, there's just a ton, and there's sometimes you're not going to be able to like foresee everything. But I think it is cool that just because you make a big army doesn't make you the best player on the board because someone could still have action cards that completely nullify it or push you out. Didn't that happen? Someone pushed in. And they got an action card put on them where they were forced to retreat. Was that not on you? Noah did that to you. Noah, right? Noah did that to me. Yeah, that, uh, I was uh, the first, the first and only time I fought him. Uh, he ended up playing that card on me, and it, it made me not be able to get his command token. It was so. <laughs> I was like, because I was winning the fight, but because he had all the fighters, it, it, it like forced to retreat or something. Because I was, oh, I, I had to retreat after the first attack. Otherwise, I would have won that fight. Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to win it. Oh, I was so upset. But there's, there's even like tech now, like. A big majority of the technology wasn't even used. Each faction has their special tech. I don't know what Anthony was doing. He should have teched up. He kept saying, oh, I don't need tech. But his Volwraith, he could have had assault cannons, which is a triple red. 
And that says is if you go in with three non-fighter ships, you can just instantly destroy any non-fighter ship in that system. And you choose the other person doesn't yeah, choose. Yeah, you just straight up, you just go in and you just boom, just Full something. Wraith down the path of red is nasty. Disgusting. They they before you even get a choice, they capture one of your units. I feel like they're it, it, oh, that's so gross. If you have like a good Volwraith player, I feel like it's, it's terrifying. Good, I, I, well, that, I, I, like, I, I don't even. I'm not even. I'm not even approaching it that way. I, what I'm how I'm approaching it is, I think it's good for the overall state of the game because it accelerates the game. If you have a, a player that's actually playing it correctly and being like cutthroat about it, I'd rather you kill me and get me out of here, you know, and like whatever. To just let's just shorten the, the length of the game. Because imagine that game, right? It's like two hours worth of gameplay, just wiped away. Mm-hmm. So instead of what we said, you said 10, it would have been 8. Right. Well, I guess I have a question for you now. Maybe think about it, Ethan. Um, do you think that the Prophecy of Kings expansion was kind of meant to speed up the game a little bit? Do you felt? Do you feel the game was kind of turtly to begin with? And like the Volwraith and Mahakt being in there? Because originally when I saw them come out, I was like, these seem mean, these seem annoying. But maybe I was just too used to like playing super casually and defensive. I don't even think that's like a uh, theory. I'm pretty sure that they've said that that was a big point of the yeah. Um, so most of the factions are definitely more aggressive, and a lot of the tools given to old factions make them more aggressive than they used to be. A lot of combat abilities, a lot of the Volwraith and Mahakt, and 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 even the Argent Flight are very aggressive. I guess mechs it's too, right? Like mechs, yeah. Mechs are a whole other thing that we're never there. Not only are they bringing in all these new factions. But they're trying to speed up the entire game because I think they wanted to make... The idea was they wanted to make victory points more achievable and more different routes. So there's also a relic that gives you a victory point. There's just just more routes to get to your end game. That being said, you also now have these end game abilities with heroes that were never there before that people want to use. So if you take what used to be... Like people would never play 14 point games before. But now they take 10 point games and they reduce them so much that people want to play 14 points so much more now. I mean, that was the whole reason. What do you mean by reduce them? In time. Oh, I see. Like, they're so efficient. They're so efficient. Gotcha. Yeah, because keep in mind, you played an eight player game. It's really not meant to be played with more than six. I mean, it was designed at exactly six. What's like, so if we don't get six, how how many do you guys normally play with? We don't play. We don't play with less than five. Yeah. So if we can't get five people together. So how many rings do you do with five? Three. Still three? Mm-hmm. Okay. They yeah. have hyper lanes. So essentially one person's area where they would put tiles are just hyper lanes that essentially make the other tiles adjacent to each other. It just oh, cuts so out can... a pie slice and makes those yeah. adjacent. Uh, like these parts. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so the entire game has been shifted forward a little bit in terms of victory point acceleration. And um, a lot of the time in base game Twilight Imperium... Um, six rounds was your average game time. Now it's five rounds because there's so many different avenues to get points. So and that was the whole reason you wanted to play a 14 point game originally was to let people use their heroes. Cause I think only one or two people really use their I, heroes. I just got it. And, yeah. then, and, then the, and then the game ends. Well, if we play like a five or six player game, we should play 14 points because it really allows like some end game, just massive plays. We, you would never see a war sun in a 10 point game really. I don't even know if you know Unless what a war you were is. Going against them, I do, I do uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I, I was like thinking about it too. Um after after I'd finished the uh the game, I was kind of just looking at my board and being like, okay. I had um 
I don't remember what the pips are called. I had two green pips and two red pips. Like two, the technology uh, yeah, pre- yeah. prerequisites. Yeah. I had, so I had three green and two blue and I think one red. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I wonder if I just went red and I went through like War Suns right away, which I know is probably like a pipe dream. Uh, but I felt like it would have been very valuable for me because I could have just had that thing Death Star around the map. Yeah. And just like. There is a faction that starts with War Suns and one on the board already. They're just oh, weaker. So you have oh, to upgrade okay. them. But then the, the, the war suns are weaker. Yes, yes. But then their upgrades are better than everybody else's normal war suns. I see. Okay. Yeah. But it's still crazy. You're just like, oh yeah, I'm just chilling with my war sun. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, so do you so another question for for a beginner player. Do you feel like there's enough depth in this game for it to have a longevity within the same playgroup? I feel like as long as you're willing to change up your faction, change up your game plan i mean which is kind of the same thing i feel like there should be i mean i i don't i i've played a lot of really basic deck building games really like like uh like i I would consider marvel champions pretty basic and even dc deck building is another very basic one i think that those have replayability so why not this one i think the only thing that hinders this game is that it's really tough to get people together to play it um to people like i mean yeah we some people had to take days off some people had to you know I think that's the one negative, overarching negative, overarching negative thing I could say about this game in general. Okay. Uh, I did want to say one other thing I wanted to, harking back to your previous question, and going to take away from my last playthrough to the next playthrough is really focusing on my faction uh, from the get go. I feel like because I was new, I was just trying to learn to play the game, and I really lost sight of like, oh, I do things. And I'm sure, I mean, I've already said that many times in this podcast, but like straight up, I didn't even, I was not even playing the Mahawk basically the entire two, first two rounds. Yeah. I, I still somehow scored public objectives somehow and secret objectives. Yeah. But I was like very much not even playing the game correctly. Next time, no matter the faction I end up playing, could be the Cabal, could be Turtleman. There's faction guides out there for them. I've, yeah, <laughs> I've heard. I've heard. And you know me, man. Like I, I, I very much prefer to just like get in and like get my hands on it and learn mm-hmm. that way. I learn so much better that way, uh, with everything. I mean, even we, we, uh, for context, means uh, me and Ethan here just ended up playing Spirit Island. Uh, I, it was my first time playing it, mm-hmm. and I, I, I did the same thing, right? I like, I literally, like you said, I played the vanilla. Game. You were like playing the game I, vanilla, vanilla, right? And then, and then after the fact. Uh, literally the last play of the game, the, I was like, "Oh, my character does this," and I, I ended up making us win the game. Because <laughs> I feel like if you start off a game and you're only focusing on that like faction ability, you might not realize that oh, that's something particular to them, and then it might feel like a crutch because now you're like, "Oh, I don't want to go back to this because now this feels like not enough." And, and you know that's exactly the reason why I play most games the way I play them is because I want to learn how to play the game first yeah. and foremost, like, not the faction. For those of you who have played Spirit Island, he was playing uh, a, a growth of rampant green. And they always grow every every single turn instead of like having to choose whether they grow or not. And like that's not normal. You you've gotten like a taste of something nice, yeah. but nobody else has that ability. That's the same sort of thing of like the Mahakt. They they have a warfare essentially every turn in their in their agent. No one else has that. So like don't get don't get too used to any one thing. Yeah, I, I think that um, that's one thing I'm probably going to really miss the next time I play the game. I'm gonna be like, where's the guy, bro? Where's the guy? That All you have to do is pick, pick the right strategy card. Just imagine. Did, I think the first time I played after like our first game when we like didn't know what we were particularly doing because I played Arborek and I played them so wrong. I think I played Jolnar, and man, 
a new player playing Joel Nar, you just tack, tack, tack. I, it was like round, because that was a high round game. It was like round seven, and I was like grabbing tech, and there's only like five of us, and it's like there's cars that are left there, and I'm grabbing tech. It's like, what are you doing on round seven with tech, dude? You can't be grabbing, but they're awesome because they can, they just keep teching, and it's like, I want to play them next, but I'm like, I don't want to feel crutched on tech because this recent game with Nomad, I laid out all my tech and I was like, okay, I'm gonna have a general idea of what I'm gonna do this game. But then as soon as the board's put together, that changes a lot because, ooh, maybe you have a planet that has a prerequisite and you're like, ooh, I can actually spec into this. But I knew full, full on that I was going to do upgrading my flagship. That's like the most important thing. So I just like laid out what I was doing while everything's going on, it's not your turn. And then I like, didn't have much tech that game. And then there was like one instance where I had a card that let me swap techs and that like helped me later in the game. But I didn't like rely on tech before. I felt like as a, as a new player, it was like, I relied so much on tech and then I'm like, you know, it's okay. You don't have to have too much tech. It's not the most important thing in the world. Something that I, I wanted to say, um, I, I even taking away from my, my first playthrough, harking back, again, back to that first question, I picked diplomacy to start off the game. <laughs> and it's because, it's because I read it and I was like, this makes a lot of sense. And it really does. However, not for the Mahakt. Not for round one. Not definitely. Well, I even think diplomacy is not even that bad in round one. I think, sure. Okay. I think, I think if yeah. you play around it, if you plan around it, it's yeah. really not that bad. No, I agree. Because it gives you. I think you're number two. You refresh yeah. two planets. Yeah. Yeah. Initiative order two. Yeah. And I, I think that that's if you play two for that, it's very very valuable. Another thing that I ended up doing once I like round three or four, I ended up being like. Oh, I can just hold on to the uh, what is that ability called? The little the, the strategy card. The, the I ended up just holding on to it and I'm being like the last person to use it yep. almost every round because I'm like I'm in a very advantageous position holding this. Okay, so a huge thing that people don't understand going into it is that going fast in this game is only beneficial on the final round. Like stalling is absolutely the one of the best tools you can possibly have in the game. And that's why I was playing the Federation of Soul. I just kept using Orbital Drop, which is just as an action, you spend a token from your strategy pool to place two infantry on a planet. That's not very good, but it lets me stall. And the fact that it lets me stall, I just kept sitting there and you could you could just keep stalling out your warfare. And I was the only other one other than you. And, you just, and everybody else was passed. I can I can wait you out forever. I have seven tokens in here because I'm the soul. I think MJ did that the last round. It was just him and I. And I was I was trying to stall because I wanted to make sure no one was interfering with me getting my last secret objective. Mm -hmm. And I was scared that something was going to happen and he was maybe going to like mess it up. I mean, Will had already did an action card to remove one of my command tokens. And I needed to move places. So I was getting really worried. And MJ then could look and grab action cards. And I thought he was going to grab the one to remove my last token. And I was like... But stalling is super important. That's why later on there's a... What's the one that lets you do two actions? Oh, Fleet Logistics. Yeah, it lets you do that. Because Anthony even was like, oh, I want to move and then do this. It's like, no, you're done. Like You only get one action. He's like, what? And the only right. reason that's good is one of my plans for like, a possible secondary like or a secret objective was essentially I wanted to lose my flagship. I wanted to rebuild it and move it in the same turn. Because if I rebuild it, everyone's like... Oh, you're you're up to something. We're gonna like move in on you. But if you have those two actions, just do a sprint. Real Fleet quick. logistics is a three blue technology that says, on your turn you may do two actions instead of one. May, which is nice. You're yes. Not forced to. So like he could use sling relay, which is an action to build in his home system without having to put a command token there. He could rebuild his flagship because it costs zero, mm -hmm. and then move it out in the same turn using fleet logistics. That's a great, great. Again, just like strategy for Nomad. Understanding the game and yeah. also understanding the faction. 
Yeah. No offense to you, Adam, but I feel like a big a big reason that you won was because like we were like Oh no, here. absolutely. Like I said, if if Anthony remotely kind of understood, he would have like really bullied me and been like, You're gonna do everything exactly for me yeah. because I'm gonna take your flagship. And I would have been like, uh, and I would I had to double down and be like, I don't think so. But then I would have wasted so much time and energy fighting with him that it's not worth it. Um, so thankfully he wasn't, and everyone kind of being like more passive and me being on the side of the board closest to the most new people also probably helped as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that uh, your your seating arrangement matters a lot. Especially in eight players, yeah. Um, well, the less and less I mean, people. I, I practically, I, I technically interacted with Will once because I had a wormhole. And I don't think I ever even got near you, Ethan. Not even once. And MJ was just one person, like, not, so there was Noah to my left, then MJ. I never got close to MJ. I wanted to, but Noah had a wall of ships in my way, and I was like, I can't fight them all. It, anyways, though, you had said something to me before this podcast, and I don't remember quite what it was. Not understanding the tactical action all the way? Yes. <laughs> so I said something to you before this podcast started. That you didn't understand the tactical action until the last round of the game. Yes. That probably would have been helpful. Yeah, that would have been really helpful. So your advice to new players would be go into it understanding your faction just as much as a game. Yeah. And understand the tactical action. And that's exactly why I put so much emphasis in the how to play video on we're going to take a step away and we're going to do 15 minutes on the tactical action. Yeah. You guys ready? Here's my whiteboard. <laughs> you know, here, here's the, uh, here's, here's, here's the issue with, again, uh, with me is that like, I, I was focused so heavily on taking in information in the game from you guys that I just like completely wiped everything that I had learned. Yeah. And that, that's maybe my own personal issue, obviously, but I would say, like, yeah, I would uh, agree. Try to grasp the game on a on a on a basic level, like you, how to how to play out a turn, you, what you are allowed to do, how you activate eight planets, etc. But also, I would say, like, kind of uh, something that Adam said here that kind of uh, made me open my eyes is like, before you go to play, have your faction selected and figure out like a game plan for maybe the first two rounds. Yeah, and then stick to it. There's a podcast shout out to Matt and Hunter for giving me so much, so many ideas over the years, but they have a whole series called first round strategies. And it's basically like, let's break down this faction. And this is what you want to do on, on round one. This is your number one, number two, and number three strategy card you want to get. Just, this is like, we can't give you a strategy for all the randomness that happens two or three hours into the game, but we can give you a strategy on what you want to do when you first sit down. Yeah, I mean, the, the only RNG you really can't quantify is uh, the exploration, your, the, the tiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you said that they're they're drafted a different way or something. So, like that. yeah, there's there's like a whole draft, like super balanced system for for tiles where you you draft like sets of tiles and factions separately and you can ban certain factions oh, in I the see. same. And it's it's a whole system of making it super balanced. Gotcha. For for competitive play yeah. or what? what and I was surprised to hear that there is competitive play that you you, you mentioned to me well, like in passing. Yes, they play at Gen Con the finals, but oh. but there's kind of competitive play. It's not sanctioned by the game creators. Sure, but like, but yes, there's I, there's a lot of people that we're are we're better for it because the, yeah. like in every game, no matter what, when players run the competitive scene, it's in exceptional. My, in my opinion, is always better because the players change the scene based on what they want yes and that's exactly what you see in this yeah so there is i, I did want to make a parallel to magic 
Okay. Uh, just because the commander's kind of similar, where you have like a, a your your faction, your commander, and you build basically like an army, your deck, and like you're able to like do certain things, make decisions, kind of similar to what you were saying about how like that guy he makes first round uh, strategy guides. Mm-hmm. Magic, you do something really similar where like you build uh, your deck to have a really strong opening, so yeah. that way you can have a kickstart to play out your game plan. Yeah. I think that's a parallel that I, I made really easy. Like, after after I played the game, unfortunately, I, I made that parallel. I was like, okay, so basically I just need to plan for the first two rounds. And, and then, then just I, react and, and then that. And then, then I play reactively. But I did the opposite where I played reactively for the first two rounds. And then I, I was like, oh, I got a plan. <laughs> the yeah. game was over after that. So are you going to play again? Yeah, probably. I mean, I wouldn't say no. Okay. If I have PTO, I'll use And it. if somebody's listening that has not played and maybe has played Magic or played another board game or something, would you suggest it if they had a good group of people? Yeah, you know, I would say um, as long as you guys are patient with one another and really understand that, like, this game is, I would say, not about winning as much as it is about just, like, enjoying the game. I think I enjoyed the game despite the fact that I lost, mm-hmm. uh, despite the fact that I didn't do anything. Because we had a whole day of lunch and dinner, and yeah, I think it, this game is more so for me. Um, you know, you know, whatever. If you're a competitive player listening to this, great, love you, help you, hope you enjoy the hell out of the game. But I think this game for me is more about camaraderie and like un, and a good day with friends, mm-hmm. more more so than I'm um, like cutthroat. Like I'm gonna play the cabal and I'm going at Ethan every game. Then for every time I play against him, I, like what's I, fantastic about the niche of the game is that even though. There's competitive players. Those competitive players still have that camaraderie. It it is it is not big enough to it's, to lose that. Well, if it ever got that big, do you think that it would lose that? Do you think that- I don't think it could ever get that big. There's no way that a massive all day long game is gonna ever get that big. I, you know, I I think the implication people, of a game people like this- know people know what Twilight Imperium is. If you're into the board game hobby, you've heard those words. I don't think many people have actually played a full game, in my opinion. I think you'd be surprised because I, I I've heard I I know some people that play Warhammer that play it all day, and they and Warhammer I mean they're not it's not the same, mm-hmm. but I think if the, this game has the same sort of charm as Warhammer, where like when, when I see Warhammer play, players play together, they do it because they love the game uh, for the most part. I mean I've seen some people get upset. I mean every game that's sure. the way it goes. I I've I made I made a lot of like um, parallels uh, mm-hmm. between those two games when I was when I was playing. I was like man this is just like a game where like. You just go to a shop and hang out all day. I could, I could see us doing that. Mm-hmm. I like if you ran a shop, Ethan, and you're like, all right, we are doing like a monthly Twilight Imperium like day, and like it, maybe you're not playing in it, but you have like four games running at the same time, and you're going over to all the games and making sure they're running smoothly. Mm-hmm. That would be so cool. That would be sick. That would be amazing. Yeah, that'd be like the one place in like America where that does that. Make that, it happen. All right, Adam, you have any closing thoughts? Um. I had a lot of fun, and I know we talked about, like, and we typically only play maybe two, three, four times a year max. I'm really excited to play. I'd love to play next month, December. Kind of got, like, the holiday come around. People got some time off. I know your girlfriend wanted to play as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm hyped up. Like, I don't know. That last game, like I said, was just so fun for me. And it wasn't even, like, because I, I didn't, like, stomp on anyone either. Like, it was still close with Ethan and I. People got in my way. I made some mistakes here and there. But I just, I really got back into it. Maybe it's because I've been playing a lot of Commander lately, because the last time we played, like, I probably wasn't playing as much Magic, and, like, I can make those small connections, and, like, the thing I like about Commander is the, 
you know, making agreements and stuff with people and having a lot of strategy, but it really doesn't pan out that way. I know everyone likes to say that this, I don't know if it's a hot tag, but people keep saying like, oh, commander is such a social format and you can make all these agreements. No, you still really do your selfish game plan and like do your stuff. And it's like, I remove a creature here, there. Um, but this game has just so much more thought to it. And I guess I got really giddy, just like Ethan, where it was like Christmas Day. It was like, I had a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm like, I don't even know who I want to play next. And I want to, I want to see who everyone else plays. Cause like new players to this game is so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you get to see a fresh perspective on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe like, I think once we, what game did we played Clank and you're like, Chris just played this. <laughs> Unlike I've seen anyone ever play this before. Granted, I was playing it wrong, but I was still playing it different. Yeah, uh, and I think that's very interesting. Just like in just like Commander, when you see somebody play a Commander, you're like, "Oh, you're playing that kind of uniquely." You mm-hmm. know, and there's a lot. Of, uh, that is like the the most um, pure excitement for any player that loves a game to, with a new player. You know, even it's like watching your favorite movie with someone who's never seen it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You're like, "Oh, this is my favorite movie." Yeah, and you're just like you're just like excited to see their. You're not even watching the screen. You're watching the person to see the reaction. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's how I feel when I'm teaching everybody else and completely forgetting about what I do. I'm like, oh, yeah, I made a, I made 25, oh, 45 minute long faction guides on all these people. <laughs> I should know what I'm doing. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, I know this was a little bit different episode than normal, so let me know what you think uh, down in the comments below or write a review if you're listening on a different podcast platform. If you're looking forward to any videos lately, you can always leave us suggestions. And thank you very much to the patrons. If you want to help out on our content, the Patreon is going to be on CardboardCrashCourse.com as well as our uh, singles shop. So have a fantastic rest of your day. Appreciate it. Thank you guys. See you, everybody. Pax Magnifica Bellum Gloriosum.